So I wanted to share a thought I had the other day, and uh, I, I shared this in the group. It was very well received, so I'm basically just going to read it to you. Um, it went something like this. Pretend that you're St. Paul. Pretend it's towards the end of your life, and you're now writing letters. And once you and the other apostles die, those letters are going to be the sole rule of faith. So this is assuming the truth of Sola Scriptura. Why, if that's the case, would you not write something like this? Timothy, my child, please take care to make copies of this letter and pass it around to all of the churches, for this is the sole rule of faith, along with this set and, uh, of 26 other texts, including the, the first letter that I wrote to you, right? You would expect something along those lines. But instead, he gives instructions for the living dissemination of the truth through the church. He says uh, in 2 Timothy 2, 2, what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. This is the mechanism of the transmission of the faith, and this is what was in play even before Paul wrote his letters. This is how the church worked. That's the biblical church, which is why he says in 2 Thessalonians 2.15, so then brothers and sisters stand firm and hold fast to the traditions we've passed on to you, whether by word of mouth uh, or by letter. Word of mouth, word of mouth, uh, word of mouth was the main way that the teachings were spread. Um, though to be sure, people uh, highly regarded the writings too, uh, and they read them in their Eucharistic liturgies. In fact, one of the main criteria for the books that were accepted uh, at, at, in the canon by the church ultimately was, was this used liturgically? Was this used in the celebration of the Mass? That was one of the things, one of the guidelines that said, should this even be considered uh, in the canon? And of course, it was the church that made that infallible decision that gave you the Bible. But so, Word of mouth was the main way that the teachings spread. And this is this should make sense um, because most of the world was illiterate. I mean, the letters are very, very useful, but this was the this was living transmission. The teaching was alive. It was guarded by the Holy Spirit. And it was passed down from the apostles to other men, other bishops or uh, episcopos, episcopoi, whose job it was to guard the truth and to teach the truth. And that's why uh, it's just what their successors did. Right. Paul references four generations of men in that one sentence from Second Timothy above himself and Timothy, who he taught the people Timothy is supposed to teach and the people that those people are supposed to teach. Paul was a voluminous writer. Uh, he, but he did more than write. He expected people to adhere to the teachings he gave them, no matter how it was delivered. And that's why he chides the Galatians and he tells them to compare any new gospel they received to the ones that they already received from him orally. He says, even if we or another angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. That's for Galatians 1.8. The expectation is they should look back to that truth that they had received, not in a written fashion, in an oral fashion, and compare anything else written or unwritten to that truth. If you knew that Christians were going to need the New Testament as their sole rule of faith, you should never write something like this. Quote, though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come and talk to you face to face that my joy can be complete. Our joy, our joy may be complete. That's from Second John 12. John says this in multiple epistles. Uh, instead, you should have written out a systematic theology that could not be mistaken or misread. But instead, the apostles left us teachers 
And this is based on the model laid down by Christ. He who hears you hears me. As a reminder, again, 99% of the world was illiterate too. So for most people, not just them, but even throughout all of human history, it never could have just been the story of me and my Bible. It was always the story of the church. And the earliest documents bear this out. Thus, we find Bishop Clement of Rome writing towards the end of the first century. Uh, he was actually ordained um, by, I believe he was, a, he was a disciple of St. John and then ordained by St. Peter. So this is literally when Paul references multiple levels of men, uh, this guy is on par with Timothy uh, as a direct successor of the apostles. And he says this, and thus preaching throughout the countries and cities, they appointed the first fruits of their labor having first proved them by the Spirit to be bishops and deacons of those who should have the wise afterwards believe. Nor was this anything new, for indeed many ages before it was written concerning bishops and deacons. For thus saith the Scripture in a certain place, I will appoint their bishops in righteousness and their deacons in faith. Our apostles also knew through our Lord Jesus Christ that there would be strife on account of the office of the bishop or the episcopate. And for this reason, therefore, inasmuch as they had obtained a perfect foreknowledge of this, they appointed those ministers already mentioned and afterwards gave instruction that when they should die, when they should fall asleep, other approved men should succeed them in their ministry. For our sin will be small if we reject or eject from the episcopate those who have blamelessly and holily fulfilled its duties. That was his epistle to the Corinthians, uh, paragraphs 42 to 44, kind of a, a combination there. But so he's referencing in the, at the end of the first century, the concept of apostolic succession. This is someone who was taught by the apostles. And this is someone whose letter was written or was read in the churches. In fact, um, there are a number of early canons that were not like canon canons because the church didn't have an official canon until the church had a canon, but there were a number of orderings of the books that included this epistle, uh, Clement uh, to the uh, to the Corinthians, um, which is also unique because he takes um, a a very um, what's the word I'm looking for? He takes a, a a chiding tone with them. He takes a corrective, rebuking tone to them. Um, he apologizes for writing to them late because Rome was under the midst of, of persecutions. Um, but then he, like St. Paul before him, set out to correct the errors of the Corinthians. And if he's just a bishop in Rome, correcting the people in, in Corinth should not be on his radar. But it was, in fact, that they had written to him, and then he wrote back because he had authority. That's why Ignatius uh, writes to uh, the church in Rome and says that of all, of all the churches, it holds the presidency uh, amongst uh, amongst the, the the churches. So anyway, that's just the thought I wanted to leave you with. If, if Sola Scriptura was supposed to be the concept that would guide the church, then the scriptures most certainly should be adamant about this. In fact, again, I've pointed this out in the past, uh, Sola Scriptura generally fails its own test because the idea behind scripture is scripture is the highest authority and anything that we hold to as Christians must be stated uh, in scripture. And there is no single statement anywhere in scripture uh, that would endorse the concept of Sola Scriptura. And so it fails its own, um, it fails its own test, right? And that's how you can know 
amongst other reasons, uh, that any church that is teaching Sola Scriptura is a false church. Doesn't mean that everything they teach is wrong. Doesn't mean that everything they teach is untrue. Doesn't mean that they are people of ill will. Many of them are acting uh, in the best of intentions and seeking as best they can to follow Christ. And that is a good thing. And the Holy Spirit can work through them. Uh, certainly. Um, but they are not in the church. They are not in the fullness of the truth. And they would be better off, as would you, if you were in the church. I hope that that made sense. If you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or concerns, feel free to share them down below. As always, uh, if you like what I'm doing here, feel free to like and subscribe and hit that little notification bell so you'll get updates uh, whenever I post. I actually had somebody ask me the other day, so just a reminder, if you're new to YouTube, uh, subscriptions are free. Uh, it's not something you have to pay for. It just means you're going to get notified uh, when the content creators uh, put out new content like I'm doing right here. So anyway, God bless you. Bye-bye.